Hi, thanks for joining us. Welcome to Hello. the Rhetoric Rabbit Hole. Today I got with me Phil, as as the usual, and we got Robert Olson joining us today. Thanks for joining hello. us, man. Hello, hello. Thank you for having me. How are you this lovely evening? Oh, I'm doing just fine. Just another, just another day. Just another fucking Wednesday on my patio. Actually, after 20 years, it's 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 just every day is a Wednesday. <laughs> I love the panoramic you're giving us. Yeah, just keep. Ah. <laughs> it's like a, it's like it's like the center of like the eye of a storm. You know? It's a, it's a, it's a nervous habit I developed sitting on my patio <laughs> during quarantine. It's like my, 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 uh, my, my social encounters consist of basically one and a half minutes at the map go to get a six pack and a pack of cigarettes. <laughs> and then like, yeah, I, so I basically, this is what I do. I crack open a beer. I'll pop in my headphones maybe, or I'll pick up my journal and I just, I just pace back and forth on my patio, pace back and forth, pace back and forth, make my way back to my, uh, back to my table, pick up my beer, take a sip, light up a new cigarette and just start walking again. Yeah, I've lost, I've actually lost two inches off my waist over the course of the past five months. And my, my uh, buddy who I do carpentry with is convinced that it's because like, dude, you spend three or four hours pacing back and forth on your patio. Do you know what that mm -hmm. amounts to when you're walking in a straight line? You're probably walking three to five miles a day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's a good point. So is that is that your writing process also? You just kind of let things stir in your head while you're walking and then you go sit down and you write it down? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, uh, when it comes to the poetry, which I which I've been doing since I was nine years old, and I'm 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 39 yet now, and um and the with the poetry, it's it's basically like I get these these like thoughts. Have you ever seen the movie Aviator with Leonardo DiCaprio? I don't about that about that that famous um the guy who created that big plane and shit. Anyway, he's like. He always had this OCD voice in his head for some reason that just constantly repeated the thought. And so it's like, I've kind of got that. And it's, and it's, so I get this thought, I'll have a thought and it'll just repeat and repeat and repeat and repeat and repeat until I can actually put it into a poem. And then there it's gone. Boom. Off into oblivion. Yeah. And then I get, yeah. and then I get another one and then right. I get another one. Yes. There are, there are days where it's like, I'll write like, like five to seven poems in one, in one day. And then there are days where I won't write any, but it's crazy, man. Like in the 10, in the, I, I put everything on Facebook. Like I, I don't hide anything. It's like, so my Facebook is like 90% original content, like a blog. I don't mm -hmm. share memes and shit. And so, um, my Facebook at this point, since I joined 10 years ago or almost 10 years ago, probably has like well over 600 poems on it. Damn dude yeah <laughs> it's pretty fucking insane actually yeah at some point i have to go back and copy and paste them all because three quarters of it that's the only place it exists like i'll i'll yeah. type it out on my phone and put it on facebook and i don't have a copy in my google right. drive or on paper right. so it's like some point i'm gonna have to scroll back 10 years and copy and paste I've got a lot of about, yeah. <laughs> I got a lot of content like that too. That's like it only exists online now. I don't have a physical copy of it anymore. 
yeah, it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a logistical nightmare if you think about it. Cause like I've got a heart condition. So it's like at any moment, like, I mean, I could drop dead due to heart palpitations. So, you know, despite the fact that I'm smoking, fuck you, you know, <laughs> uh, but it's, um, it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, it's a logistical nightmare. It's like, do I, I really ought to jump on top of it. Otherwise, I mean, I've already talked to my brother and he's going to be the one that's going to be doing it. Hmm. Um, I got you. You guys say something, Phil? Uh, yeah, actually, we're gonna we're gonna bring it back a little bit. Um, where are you? Because you said that it was Wednesday, and it's definitely not Wednesday for me. Oh, dude, I've been I got laid off twenty weeks ago, <laughs> man. I've been sitting on my patio every day is a Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> Fair, enough. Fair enough. I was just very yeah. confused about that. <laughs> yeah, man. Every every day is a damn Wednesday. It's 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 yeah. or or or. Well, I mean, I can't say that it's a Monday. Yeah, no, Monday, you're the one Monday that's has that. Monday has that terrifying sort of like. I'm either going to invest in some sort of some kind of like emotional cathexis going into the week and then have the catharsis on Friday. I mean, and that's great. And it's this wonderful universal formula for pretty much anybody. But on the Wednesday, nothing fucking happens. <laughs> there's no cathexis. There's no catharsis. <laughs> there's no investment. There's no release. It's just fucking Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's pretty. Funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every day's Wednesday, bro. Didn't you? Get, <laughs> didn't you get the memo? Yeah. Oh, I didn't get the memo. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so like you were talking about how like one of these things will just get stuck with you, and then you kind of exercise it out of you, like like into, yeah. into a piece of art. And I can relate to that, man. And something like I don't. For me, I don't know exactly where it comes from. I, I feel like it enters my head, but where? Where does that is that me or is that something else or you don't you don't need to know where it comes from. All you need to know is where to put it. Right. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, yeah it's, it's like, like it's like uh Lewis Carroll once said in a, in an interview when he was asked it was it was during an interview when he was asked about uh his poem Jabberwocky and why he liked writing nonsensical poems. And his response was, was take care of the sound and the sense will take care of itself. And I think that that's more than just, it's not only is it the best writing advice ever that you could possibly receive and process, but it's really, it's life advice is what it is. You know, and when you have a traumatic experience, it's like, it's like, that's just, it's just the sound, man. And you know, you take care of the sound and the sense will take care of itself. And if you if you start getting obsessed with trying to make sense out of every shitty thing that fucking happens to you in your life, you're gonna go batshit insane. That's and you're not and you're not gonna be able to make art at that point. You won't be able to. You'll it's be just... dead in the water, stuck with writer's block. And and quite frankly, writer's block is bullshit. It's all you gotta do is sit down and summon the damn angel yourself. Summon the muse yourself create the ritual, summon the muse and do it and don't wait for it to come to you. That's so that's, yeah, that's all very true. That's all excellent advice. It's like, yeah, yeah. You just got to do it. It's like uh, that, that meme, the Shia LaBeouf meme, just do it. 
just manifest that yeah, right yeah. he's he's totally into it yeah yeah he's he's totally into it yeah yep it's right. it's right it's right there but yeah take care of the sound the sense will take care of itself mm -hmm. it's like if you're writing hip-hop or if you write in a poem or anything like that, like as long as it sounds good and rolls off the tongue, mm -hmm. who gives a shit what sense it makes? Somebody right. will find some sense in it. I've always, for me, art is always, yeah. Yeah, thank you. I think, yeah, that's something people need to hear. <laughs> yeah, um, someone in particular yeah. needs to hear that. <laughs> so, so like- um, Don't they? <laughs> Moving on, we have uh, you made me lose what I was thinking, Phil. Good. What was I gonna say? How goop is not as bad as you always say it is. <laughs> so, are you a, a hip hop guy, Robert? Do you listen to a lot of hip hop? Oh, I love it all. You know, I, I, I love all of it. It's like, if it's well done, it's good. That's, I mean, that's just how I stand. Like, I mean, I grew up with the Andrews sisters and Fleetwood Mac and Django Reinhardt and Bob Seger. Mm -hmm. And later on as a poet, I got into Eminem. And it's like, I think it's great that there's somebody, or at least there was somebody a couple of years ago who was teaching Eminem lyrics as satire um, at, 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 at at Harvard, you know, there was a Harvard professor that was putting Eminem into his into his curriculum um, for a satire course, and I, I think that's wonderful, you know. And and I'm in I'm everything, dude. I just absorb everything. I think it's all great. Um, There's uh, have have you um, do you keep up with anything current going on as far as that world goes? Because um, there's. There's this guy Takashi Six Nine. He's he's not anyone I'm a fan of, but he's someone he's kind of hard to avoid if you keep up with that realm. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I'm not. I'm not. I can't say that I'm familiar with him. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, the only reason I was asking is uh, Philip and I sort of have this ongoing debate about it. Um, but <laughs> it's something that's like it, that's quite a rabbit hole to go down. And yeah. <laughs> now, wait. Are you talking about? When you say six nine, are you talking about the guy that's in the media all the time for yes. like, yeah. yeah, for crimes and shit that's got ta face tattoos all over him? Right. That's oh, okay. Yeah. Yep. I've I've never heard a single word come out of his mouth. Okay. I've only, <laughs> I've only ever seen pictures. Fair enough. Hey, that, I mean, hey, more power to you, man. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm out. I'm out really? of the loop. I'm out just, of the loop. I shouldn't be so so critical. I'm just not a fan of this content. Um, that's all. <laughs> Um, um, I wish I could remember the point I was trying to get on before, and then I got totally sidewinded by Phil. Sidewinded by Philip. Thanks for that. You're um, welcome. <laughs> there's um, like I think you you really they kind of you put my mind at ease talking about how you don't really need to know where. It comes from you just get lost in the process of it and that's what art is is this getting lost yeah yeah and that's that's it's, it's, yeah it's, yeah it's it's, it's 100 the process because i it's, feel the it, pressure it, of trying to overanalyze it you know it's the rich it's yeah. the ritual of it it's like it's like um oh i don't wanna 
I don't want to get too much into this, but um, yeah, it's I'm it, like, not like to. let's say like just to give you an example without getting too theoretical about it, like like for me, like you put a pen and a paper in my hands and a cigarette in my mouth, and I get into a zone, and I can't even remember that there's a roof over my head, that there are cars going past me outside, that there's a train that passes by my apartment, it all just falls just away, there. and I'm in You're this there. oblivion this total zone and i think that everybody has that um i call it i call it the magic wand um and what it is is basically it's like the magic wand is that thing that you pick up it's an object or a movement that your body makes like for an actor on a stage the magic wand would be stepping onto the stage for the first time and boom you're immediately it induces the state of mind that you need to be in in order to create and so like for us it's like like i mean there are there are guitarists like i, I shit you not like you you pick out any guitarist in nashville and tell them like keep your guitar in the case across the room or or keep it on keep it on on one of those like tripods and just take a look at it and tell me what happens in your head. And the moment they even remotely just think about the guitar or look at the guitar, it triggers this mindset where they need to be there in order to make music. And so just by looking at the guitar, they just, and so and, and you can even imagine, it's like when a drummer of 30 years, like myself, sits down on the throne and picks up the sticks, like everything falls away, man. I can't even, I don't, I'm not even aware anymore of what underwear I'm wearing. Right. It all falls yeah. apart. You're, you're just totally lost. You're, you just yes. separate. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's, that's the zone. And that's, that's the, the zone. zone. And that's what, that's the aim. That's the aim to achieve also, I believe. It's, it's totally, right. that's the goal. That's right. the goal that you should, should be striving for is, is practice until you get to this point where you have this, this, this um, solidified, coagulated, let's use alchemical terms so this coagulated headspace that's adhered to the object of your intent and the object of my intent would be a pen in my hand or a guitar in my hand right mm -hmm. and right. so the right. moment that i pick up that object it induces the state of mind that i need to be in like the object itself yeah alters yep. my state of mind i, I see exactly what you mean yeah yeah yep. it's a um collaborative process between the uh the maker and the art itself and the tool yes. yeah and and the tool and the tool don't 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 leave the tool out you know it's like it, it is a collaborative process yep um there's there's one more uh thing i want to touch on uh that's kind of into that realm uh but we'll be brief about it um, something I've been thinking about a lot recently is my, my own pantheon and what, what I worship personally. And I'm starting to having to rediscover that myself. And um, something, something I've really been thinking about recently is Prometheus and how he, you know, he's, he's the light bringer. He's the one that brings uh, knowledge to man, forbidden knowledge, divine knowledge. And he, um, that, so there's Prometheus and there's the fire or the light that he brings to man. And then there's man itself. And those three things sort of form a holy trinity. The, uh, the teacher, the student, and the information is also 
So I, I think what I'm trying to say is I don't, it's not enough to just worship Prometheus for me. You also have to worship the one receiving information and also the, the information or the tool being handed down. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's the, that's the, uh, that's that that's the personal mythos. That's the poesis is really what it comes down to. And, you know, you know, each of those, each of those gods is just another, just another tool in a way when you, when you're talking about accessing an, a specific headspace in order to be creative and that sort of thing. And so it's like, if you're going to, you know, sometimes, sometimes it's like, like, like you can, you can pick up one, pray to one, worship one and one as in one god one specific god like whether you want to worship lucifer or whether you want to worship prometheus or pray to prometheus or whatnot it's like you're picking up that object that's whether it's imaginal mm -hmm. psychological physical mental emotional you're you're picking that up and it's putting you into a certain headspace and now the trick that you're what you're getting at is that the, the trick is whether or not you can pick up three at the same time. Right. Yeah. And now that's, that's true. Where, that's, that's, you're that's right. Because tricky. that's all good to, and fine to say, but to actually practice, that's another thing. You're right. That's, that's where it gets yeah. tricky. And that's where it takes years and years and years of practice is can I, can I combine these three objects of intent or symbols of intent? Can I combine them? Can I pick them up at the same time? Can I do 10 at a time? Mm -hmm. Where will it take me? That's, yeah, that's a really good point, man. I, um, so tell me what you got going on, man. What, what are you working on? Uh, about 10 years ago, I started writing a, basically a soundtrack to a science fiction film that's been in my head for quite a while. Right um, on. So I've got the whole thing in my head. I know how it all plans out, and I'm not going to give away the spoiler because it does. Have yeah, a yeah, yeah. It does yeah, have a it, it does have a twist ending. So don't give us more than you're willing can't to. Can't talk about that. But the fun thing is that like we've got all these all these sequences, and I I always from the get go imagined it as being like a like a like a black and white film from the 1950s. Um, despite the fact that it's set in the 2050s um okay. and so it would be like a silent film i guess and all of Whoa. the all, all of right. the sound effects would be done musically and so it's been my project for a while to like collect the pedals and figure out like what pedals do i need in order to turn my guitar into basically the rocket boosters for a NASA shuttle launch. And Damn. how can I, how can I replicate a, yeah. a, a, a multi, multi-tiered or like multi-stage, that's the word I want, a multi-stage rocket boost where it goes from here's this gas tank, now that's one drained, we're mm -hmm. going to the next one and we're shooting off in the atmosphere. And now once yeah. we've broken the atmosphere and all that's gone and the sound is gone, what, what, well, what does it sound like, you know, for, for them? Like the relief of getting up there, you know, and that sort of thing. So, you know, and also like, if we're gonna, if we're gonna make a final approach and there's, some sort of fuck up, um, which I think I do believe Keith had linked you to that 
um, the one last mistake upon final approach. Um, and so the question is like, if we're, if we're entering and we start burning up upon entry to this planet, this exoplanet, like, what does that sound like? And so the goal was, was like, well, talking to Evan, it's like, well, let me be the fire on the outside of the ship engulfing the ship and you be the emotions through your synthesizer and your keyboards and the bass what's going on inside the heads of the two pilots inside the ship as they begin to realize we're fucked oh wow so I am basically at all, at all, at most times during during the whole hour-long album that I've written, um, and I've already written all of my parts. Like I could literally go into the studio tomorrow and do the whole hour in two takes. Wow. Um, now we just need to get Evan caught up with the bass and the synthesizers and all that kind of stuff. But it's like her, like her, her project, her her role is how do how do these characters feel? as all of this is happening and let me be the atmosphere, the ship, the fire is outside of the ship, the physical shit that happens. And right. you be the emotions that's, for the pe for the people who survive it. That's and so such, yeah. we've separated our project that way. And as I was telling Keith the other day, it's like my my big thing is is when I work with other people, I'm very like I'm not, I'm not anal per se. Like I've already written the whole thing. I've written the whole hour. I know exactly what I want. Mm -hmm. And I do not want a five person democracy, a full blown band, because I don't, I'm, I don't have time to argue with a faux pro pop country drummer who thinks that he's going to get famous. You know, I, 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 and I'm going to argue with him about like, because I've been playing the drums for 30 years. I know what drum beats I want. I will sit behind your set and I will show you and I want you to copy them. Like, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't have the time to argue with people like that. But with Evan, it's like, you know, it, she knows exactly what to do and with her instruments and all this kind of stuff. So for me, it's like the creative process is, okay, this is what I've got. I've got a canvas. The canvas is this size. We're working with oil paints. If you want to paint a spaceship or a dildo, that's entirely up to fucking you, but you're going to stay within the size of the canvas, you're going to use oil paints. Yeah. And you have the freedom to do what you want within that parameter. So, like, I mean, you know, I mean, I'm not, I'm not an anal, anal, anal asshole, and Evan will back that. But up. you have a vision, though. You have a vision. Yeah, I, I, I have a vision, but I also, right. I, yeah. I also, I, I give, I give her her freedom, you know. But it's got to be like, you know, this is the time signature. I mean, I, you, right. if the time signature is five four, I don't want you playing a funk beat. I'm also super picky with the people I collaborate with. It's just, it's not like personal. It's just like, it has to be, they have to kind of see what I'm doing, you know, and like have an idea of what I'm trying to accomplish. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Dude, you, you told me you've been writing since you were nine years old. Yeah, that's when I started writing poetry. Yep. What? Okay. So like explain how, <laughs> how you got to where you're at from there. Like how did that evolve? How have you evolved as a writer? Well, I got, I got my drum set when I was nine and um, 
I I took lessons with um with a guy who lived behind me on Long Island, and it was it was an hour a week, and um and he taught me how to play the drums through hip hop beats. So it's like I was. I learned how to play the drums at nine years old, tone loke, and um, and uh, and uh, what was it, Humpty Hump? I can't remember the name of the band that that did that, but Humpty Hump and Tone Loke and Digital NWA, and that's how I that's how I learned how to play the drums was was to hip hop beats, um, from my my private tutor. Okay. Um, and so I got into listening to a lot of hip hop music when I was nine years old on Long Island and, um, just, I don't know, just kind of decided that I should maybe write my own rhymes and this sort of thing. But then I got, I got more and more into it. And so as I got into high school, it's like, I felt like it was a good medium for expressing my thoughts and, Especially when I got into high school, I was bullied pretty heavily for my accent um, because I, I'd moved from Long Island to Virginia. And so I was picked on every day, even by teachers. Oddly enough, I was actually bullied by teachers, actively bullied by teachers because of my accent, my Yankee accent. And, um, and I kind of got obsessed with this idea of like, I can control this language better than you. <laughs> so I ended that up. That was your stick. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. That, that was, was doing. I get that. that. that so was your, I got yeah. I into it like yeah. etymologies and rhymes and all this kind of stuff. And and um and I also got into other languages. So it was like cu currently right now I'm 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 teaching myself my fourth language. Um oh okay, wow. So yeah, right. so it's 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 been it's been an obsession with me. It's like it's always like even if I don't have anyone to prove it to, which I don't anymore because nobody else is around. So <laughs> it's just like, oh well, why is Bob teaching himself coin, which is ancient Greek, you know? And it, like it's like I can read and write Thai, and Spanish, and and I, and and it just it just like it continues to piss me off. It really does. If, if we're going to be honest, and I know, I know that I, I'm 39 years old, I ought to be a fucking adult, but it still pisses me off. Like my fucking teacher made me stand up in front of class and asked me to pronounce coffee, hot dog, car. That's so, so fucked. So, so that I could, so that I could reveal to everyone how much I didn't fit in. How old were you? I was 13 at the time. That's, yeah, that's, that's not okay. And it just got under my skin. And so now it's at the point where it's like, yeah, I've got, I've got six or 700 poems on my belt. It's like twice of what Robert Frost and Emily Dickinson ever published or wrote and kept under their fucking box spring. And, and, you know, not that I'm better than them or anything like that, but it's like, I've got, I've got the materials and, and, and 15 years out of college, I still continue to give myself homework. Yeah. I still do. I still do. You every put in week. the work. 
You put in the work. I put in the work because right. it's all just practice anyway. You know, yeah. it's like you, you can you can say you wrote six hundred poems, but when you write number six hundred and one, it's still practice. Yeah, don't quit, don't kid yourself. Oh yeah, people yeah. You're people not, look you're at not, you're not Shakespeare. People look at success and they're like, oh, I wish I would have that. Like it's something that just falls onto someone. It's not success is something that you achieve, and it's something that is is like it's not people seem to think that it falls in your lap but it's it's something that if you look at someone and they're successful it's because they achieved it usually yep. that they worked their asses off to to have something to have created something you know it's like yep <laughs> so you were telling me earlier about like your roots in music and like where you came from musically um, who are your like? Who do you listen to currently? Who are your, some of your favorite artists? Um, I got a, I got a lot of my influence. Uh, talk influence um, uh, from my from my, from my dad. It's um, uh, his favorite films were Dune, Alien, Aliens, two thousand one, Blade Runner, um. And I got I got a lot of influence. I, I always wanted to um, write a sci-fi story that might impress him. Um, never had that option because he, he you know, I mean, I, uh, he he died he died in '06, you know, so that's like 14 years ago, and I'm I'm still living this dream. But um, uh, so I got a lot of influence from that. But he also he also like he he listened to um. This is one of those funny things. I don't even know if my mom's going to be appreciative of hearing this. But when I was growing up, like in hindsight, I kind of realize it now. But in hindsight, my mom never got to choose the music. It was always my dad. And my, my mom was a housewife and my dad was a cop in New York. And so when he would get off of work, he'd work on shit tinkering around with things and fixing things and he was always the one who chose the music that played around and so i grew up on uh, fleetwood mac carly simon bob seeger the eagles or not the eagles but eagles um uh, zz top that sort of thing and and my mom was never one to intervene or choose the music herself and i guess it was because like I don't know. When you're a cop, you have a lot of stress going on, and it's just kind of one of those things where it's like, just let him choose the music, and he will get over it. But um, yeah, so lots of that, and uh, Mick Fleetwood, and then I started getting in Pink Floyd, and and um, lots of weird stuff. Uh, Primus. Fuck yeah. Mike, Mike Watt. Um, Hell yeah, Mike, Mike Watt is a huge influence on me. Um, Absolutely. Placebo. Uh, God Lives Underwater. Specifically the song Empty. Um, that's the one that got me really into like using higher end tones in a heavier, heavier setting. Um, uh, Godspeed, you Black Emperor. I would have to say my favorite band is to make say think off the same record label, Constellation Records, out of Montreal. Uh, I'm going to have to check that out. 
yeah, do make say think is probably my biggest influence and and whatnot. But um, yeah, it's all it's really all over the place. And like I said earlier, the, the Andrews sisters and um, uh, Django Reinhardt and a lot of uh, Abbott and Costello singing in the rain. Okay, I'm yeah. with you. Yeah, like my mom raised me on uh, like Beatles, Simon and Garfunkel. Um, really singer songwriting kind of stuff, you know. Ah, yeah, yeah. I, I think I think I was very different in that in that sense, where it was like, um, it was more like there was a lot of Steely Dan as well. Mm-hmm. So it's like my mom also really liked there, blues. There, there was always there was always even though my dad and I never really talked much, there was always kind of like in his in his choice of music, there was always this perfectionist element like Steely Dan. Hmm. You know, where it's like, you're going to hit this hi-hat exactly like this and you're not going to hit it any other way. And if you do, we're going to start over or I'm going to fire your ass. Hmm. So, yeah. I got you. Um, hey, Philip, what did, what did you grow up listening to? I'm curious. Um, <clears throat> R&B, so like uh, Usher, uh, uh, actually, not really that so much. Uh, it was a lot of my mom's music. Um, I guess a lot of rock, a lot of rock, uh, the strokes, uh, white stripes, uh, shit, man, just fucking everything. I don't know. (laughs) A lot of, a lot of rock. I got you. Yeah. It's kind of a big question. I'm realizing that (laughs) it's like, I think everyone's got kind of a melting pot, you know, in their own way. Yeah. Um, like, yeah. So, like, um, when, is there any artists right now that you're following that's currently making things that you're like, that you're excited about when you, when they make something? Uh, Cliff Martinez. Cliff Martinez. Neil Fromm. Hmm. And uh, Tigran Hamasian. Okay, I'm going to have to get links to these. Uh, I'm trying to expand my own uh, musical catalog. <laughs> uh, Neil, Neil Fromm is a German composer from, um, uh, from Germany, and he recently uh, grabbed a shit ton of royalties by having his, one of his songs called Says, S-A-Y-S, picked up as the end credit sequence and the launch sequence for the film Ad Astra with Brad Pitt and Tommy Lee Jones. Hmm. Wow. But I've been, I've been into him for a really, really long time. And it was kind of like, it was a really happy moment for me to realize that like, dude, this guy makes space rock on keyboards and a piano and that's it. And yeah. 
and now he's getting royalties for a blockbuster Hollywood film. Like, <laughs> you know, even if all you do is sell one song, fuck it. So, um, like, this is sort of like a uh, etymology, sort of semantics kind of conversation. But um, what what do you think? I, I, okay, I suppose this is two questions. Uh, what do you think the definition of art is? Uh, what what is art and what isn't? And what do you think the definition of magic is? What 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 does that mean? Oh, I have to separate the two, huh? Um, I, well, that's, I, you can see why I'm putting the two things together, right? Nah, I, I I can do I can I can do that. I think. Okay. So I think art is art is intent to express. It's yes. catharsis. It's catharsis. Art is catharsis. Art is intent to express, to get it out, to push it out, get it out of your system so that you can move on. Hmm. Magic is intent through catharsis. It's the investment. It's the intent to make change. Wow, you, you, you really... Uh, I, I think that the two go hand in hand. Magic is the initial moment going into the art. Mm. Magic is the cathexis. It's the, it's the emotional, the psychological, the, the, the physical, the intellectual investment, the energetic investment that goes into producing the art. And the art is what allows the cathexis. It allows the release of all of these different energies. <laughs> that is such a great answer. It's, yeah. It goes from one to the other. So, um... So I was getting in on the podcast uh, with someone else. I was getting into a conversation about uh, they, they were describing nature as art. And I was like, well, to me, nature implies intent, similar to what you were saying. And if nature is indeed art, that implies a, that someone created that, right? Uh, no, I would, I, would, I would actually disagree with you. I would say that nature has no intent. So is it art, though? Nature just is. Okay, so I mean, you can, I mean, yeah, I mean, you you can see a tree grow and be like, that's beautiful, but it's a poeticism. It's not art. Yeah, there's there's no poesis behind it. There's no mythology behind it. Mm -hmm. There's no mythopoetic injustice. Yeah, inspiring you, right to make that tree a tree you didn't make that tree a tree the tree is just a tree yeah but if you want to take your knife and carve up a heart and 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 r plus a you know rob loves eric alex you know onto it (laughs) well yeah maybe you can call that maybe you can call that art but nah nature is nature there's i don't think that there's any right if if you imply that there's art in nature, you're implying a uh, like someone creating it. Yeah. Well, no, 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 no. I wouldn't. I wouldn't go that at all. I mean, we okay. can have we can have our 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 a um our our intelligent design versus evolution debate on another clock, mm-hmm. but 
it's it's not about intelligent design it's a matter of like it's it's a disservice to artists when you flat out say with a straight face that god created everything and therefore everything is art now nah, fuck off right it's a different it's a different subject right yeah but but yeah i'm i'm also not getting up in arms when someone says you know um, art is that nature is art you know i understand that that's just a poeticism but literally uh i just don't think that's true <laughs> um, like but you know i'm not going to be an asshole when someone brings that up or something it's just um something i've been that's been stirring around in my head uh mm. um yeah <laughs> like and so there is such a, um, you know, something else that's been starting around my head is like, if we had a unified goal as a people, we'd be able to accomplish a lot more, obviously. When people collaborate, they do well together. But, oh, for sure. yeah. Yeah, obviously. But like, um, what, what would be a good singular goal for people to focus on if they, if there were such a, a way to get everyone behind it what would be a good thing to rally behind i think and i don't know if there is like do you if if, if you had everyone listening to you and you had the ability to influence and direct them in a certain way what what would you direct them with you know what are so and people have been trying to figure that out for a long time and we'd have different systems for it um, you know, we have religious tenets, you know, the Ten Commandments and so on. And we have uh, systems of government and we, we try to think of different ways to deal with that. Um, but um, I guess, I know it's such a big question, but do you have any thoughts on that? There's a book by Michel Foucault called Power Slash Knowledge, Power Knowledge, page 77. He says, we are subjected to the production of truth through power, and yet we cannot exercise power except through the production of truth. My advice to anyone and everyone would be get the fuck out of the goddamn paradox and the fucking catch-22 and think for yourself. Right. Yeah. So that's, that's an ideal to uphold is individuality and reaching conclusions on your own. It feeds into itself. It feeds into itself. Right. You, you're, you're either going to subject, subject someone else to power or be subjected to power. But in order to be subjected to power, you have to subject somebody else to power. And then it just, it just, it's just this constant, it's this constant feedback loop. Mm -hmm. Like what uh, Douglas Hofstetter called uh, I am a strange loop. You know, it just it just feeds back into itself, one in, one out, one in, one out, one in, one out, like a like like a pedal chain on 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 a guitar rig. Hmm. And it's disgusting to watch people go through this where they 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 can't even realize it's like it's like a, you can unplug at some point. You can just you can self unplug self awareness and being able to think for your oneself to arrive at your own conclusions on things. And how to research things and look up information on your own. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it's, 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 yeah. 
a lot of it a lot of a lot of it is a lot of it is self 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 awareness. It's being aware of the fact that you're out of it. So when you're like when you're sitting behind an instrument and you're playing it, to what extent are you aware that you've lost awareness of everything around you? When you when you get into a zone and you forget that there's a roof over your head, there's cars driving by you, there's a uh, there's a roommate sitting in the other room that you might be pissing off. You've completely forgotten about all these things. They don't even exist anymore. They don't exist anymore. But at the same time, like you've got your head up your ass, and, and so like, be. To what extent can you be self-aware that that's what's happening to you? Right. Right. You got to lose yourself in the moment. You want it, but never let it go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just know that, know that, know that you are disassociated. Right. Yeah. Kind of look at yourself from above and pull your strings like a puppet. Yeah. Well, I mean, well, that's, it's, no, it, it's more like it's more like if we're talking in terms of creating art, you 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 always inevitably through practice disassociate. Right. In your in your creative process. And you yeah, you don't realize you're doing it because you become, you're you, yeah. you become a third third party to yourself. But I think there's there's a lot of people who aren't self-aware of the fact that that's what's fucking happening to you. Every time you get into a creative hole, you're disassociating and or you can call it going into a zone. I'm in a zone. Yeah, I'm in a zone. Don't don't fuck with me while I'm in my zone, you know? But you're, it's disassociation. And I usually... Uh... And, to what extent are you aware of that? I, ref I like to think of it as channeling, but I think that's just a different way of looking at it, and that's a different conversation. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, yeah, it's, it's you have to be absorbed in it, and it's like you're not aware of self even at that point. You're just kind of, you're doing something. It's like you're, you're, you might as well just be a process at that point. Well, yeah, yeah, that, that's, that's what I'm getting at. But at the same time, you can remain self-aware of the fact that you have become a process. It's, yeah. a, it's, a, it's a kind of like internal uh, meta discussion within yourself. Like, I'm, it is possible to get into a zone and at the same time remain in the zone while consciously recognizing the fact that you are in a zone. You get what I'm saying? Yes. Yes. Yeah. And I don't think, I don't think it's, a lot of people do that. It's a little bit of mental gymnastics and it's a trick you have to learn, but yep. yeah. Right. No, I'm with you, man. I definitely, I'm picking up what you're putting down. Uh, that's and that's good advice. It really is. That's um, that's the uh, sort of the the goal to aspire for when it comes to getting into your art like that. 
I think. It's a form of meditation, really. Exactly. Yeah. I didn't want to use that word, but that's exactly what it is. <laughs> we keep touching on a subject that we're going to get into at another time, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a type it's a type of it's a type of of uh live action dreamscaping. Right, right. <laughs> really what it comes down to. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um well, I think we're almost out of time here. Um did one of you guys want to um bring up anything else before we uh, uh Before we cut it off, I got this. For, for the for the next time today uh, this is this is for my service industry folks who might be watching this today another day at work on one more day at work on my existence today another hour lost to every hour lost to my resistance today another minute here and there another minute here i go another second pass today and ever since bars <laughs> i feel it bars yeah. I felt that in, in me. <laughs> Absolute bars. <laughs> well, I mean, what a great note to close it on. Uh, yeah. Thanks again, Robert. This has been great. And I'm looking forward to talking to you again, man. Well, thank you for having me. I'll see you guys later. Yeah, dude. Uh, yeah. It's good, to have, it's good to have a few new friends. Yeah, dude. I'm so looking forward to talking to you about uh, all this other stuff. Yeah, of course. Let me know. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. And uh, thanks again, Phil, for joining us. Appreciate it. I'll see you guys later. See ya. All right. And thank you guys for joining us. Uh, we'll see you next week. Uh, who, who's going to be with us? Who knows? Ooh, I guess you have to tune in and fucking find out for yourself. Okay. Have a good night.